Hello, and welcome to the Amber Live interviews. This is Russell, producer and co-host of Amber Live. We want to remind you to subscribe to us both here and at youtube.com slash amberlive. You don't want to miss a moment of Amber LeMay, the Larry King of drag queens. There's so much more to the show than just the interviews that Amber does each week. We have hundreds of interviews, comedy sketches, songs, and more on YouTube that you can watch anytime. But in the meantime, you can listen to the amazing interviews right here. Now enjoy this episode of Amber Live Interviews. Guys. Hello from Iowa. Hello, gorgeous. <laughs> Iowa. Oh, are you from Iowa? Oh, very nice. All right. So um, oh, which one's Jason? That's Jason and, and Michael. Okay. I, that's how I have your names here. So I'll know that. All right. Let's say that we were at a Dixie Longgate um, show and you sent her a message saying, hey, you'd like to hook up with her, but she turned you down. All right. So you, I'm your second choice. What, what is your tell, 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 tell me who you are and uh, what you want me to know. Let's start with Jason. Oh, OK. Well. What I want you to know is that we own a Frank Lloyd Wright designed American system built home in Iowa, but we also live in Chicago. You lost me at we. You lost me at we. You know, tell me about you. <laughs> me, just me alone. Oh, okay then. So I um, started my career as a butler for a um, wealthy family in the suburbs of Chicago, and that's where I, I really found my love of homes and homekeeping um a few years later I was okay, okay time i how does one become a butler that, that's well, this was a while ago 20 years um so i um saw a classified ad and i responded and it was legit um and so <laughs> i was hired to um be basically the house husband to the lonely wife of a wealthy man um and so you know the rest is history <laughs> how long were you a butler uh two years um and um, i didn't like being the help as it turns out um, i wanted to have help of my own instead um we still have not gotten help at any point in the past 20 years so i probably should have just stuck with being the help but um you know so what did you do after butlering uh, so then I was an editor at Apartment Therapy, a nesting blog. Um, oh, and oh I, Apartment Therapy, You um, that company did the video of Charles Bush's apartment. Oh, yes, I'm familiar yes. with that, which I, which Russell and I were happy or lucky enough to see in person at one time. So, oh, oh that's cool, Apartment Therapy. Ooh, I yes. like that. Um, and then I left there, and then we bought this house, um, and then I've been blogging about this house and our renovations of the house, um, and then my day job is doing digital marketing for a, pack a packaging company back in Chicago. What, 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 what do they package? Um, everything. They sell bottles, cans, any sort of packaging you can possibly want. Oh, cool. All right. Biodegradable, I hope. Oh, match. Course. <laughs> All right, Michael. Uh, we're, at, we're at a Dixie Longgate uh, performance, and you've struck out with Dixie, and you're stuck with me. So tell me about yourself. 
Well, after those early, very Downton Abbey years with Jason, where I was the kept man, kept downstairs, <laughs> um, I blossomed and bloomed and entered the world as a mentor for young people with autism, and, and I continue mm-hmm. that wonderful work. Um, but beyond that, um, I had the great fortune of befriending a fabulous, marvelous, um, 90 plus year old gay American artist named Bernard Perlin. We became fast friends through the last years of his life. And- oh, Okay, okay, let, let, hold time out. Let, let's tell people who he was. So, well, Bernard Perlin was um, an, an artist who really came to attention during World War II designing um, propaganda posters. And then as a war artist correspondent, He, however, had been denied service um, due to professing um, publicly his homosexuality. He also didn't want to to fight the war, um, but he instead um, painted it with his his, um, uh, uh, his paintbrush and and made his own valuable contribution to the effort and then became a pretty well-known and well-regarded artist um, throughout the 40s, 50s, and 60s, and moved in some pretty high circles. Um, knew everybody who was anybody um, during his time, and um, together we we worked on a, a long form interview, which um, became a book about his life, and it's now being adapted into a documentary film. So well, how exciting! It's wonderful. It's wonderful. I'm glad to see him become known, better known, and um, to have a little hand in tell, helping to uh, tell his story. And um, Now, how did you meet him? How did you meet him? I wrote him a fan letter. Um, I, I had seen his name threaded through a number of books that I was reading then about this extraordinary circle of mid-century gay artists, uh, which he had been a apart. He was the last living member of that group. I was astonished to find out that he was still living. Um, I tracked him down. I, I just wrote a letter. He called me. Um, a flurry of phone calls between us um, then ensued until he finally invited me out to his home in Connecticut. And I hopped on a plane and went. And that that's how it all came together, um, remarkably. And so had you, had, had you written anything before? You know, just little things here and there, um, but nothing, I'd never undertaken anything as major as putting together a book. It, it really came together fairly organically. Um, and it, it, unfortunately, it came out after his passing. Um, so he wasn't, he wasn't able to um, appreciate it and see it. And, but um, it, it, received some accolades and some great attention was brought to his work because of it. Um, and it set me off on an unexpected new side career, managing his artistic um, estate, promoting his work, um, and now writing about other artists of, of his era. Um, oh, wow. We'll, 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 we'll have to have another show all about that. Well, all about yeah, that. Absolutely. It's a big topic. So, so, Jay, so Jason, how, how did you meet Michael? Was it at a Dixie Longgate show? How did I meet Michael? Yes. Oh, I, yes, yes. How did you meet Michael? Yes, I met Michael in a bar in um, the 
in the uh, 20th century. <laughs> um, and we locked eyes across the room. I was sitting. Okay, where, where was the bar? Where was the bar? This was a bar in Chicago. It no longer exists. In Boys Town. It was called Spin. Um, as, Mike, as Michael likes to tell the story, I came in. And wait, wait, wait. Did you say, did you say spins or spits? Spin, 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 spin. Okay. Yeah. Um, as Michael likes to tell the story, um, I came in, I sat under a spotlight with my black turtleneck, <laughs> and, uh, and I pulled out my oh, journal. Wait, wait, I should tell the story. <laughs> I was having a little Leonardo DiCaprio fixation during that period of time. He was in this movie called Total Eclipse about Arthur Rambo that the gay French poet. And so I'm in this bar, it's like one in the morning, no luck, I'm ready to go, I'm with some friends, I'm just disillusioned, forget it. And then this one walks in, comes in across the bar, sits down under a spotlight, orders a martini, and then pulls out his journal and starts writing it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. So we locked eyes across the way. Um, I went to the restroom. He was gone. We met again at the coat check, and we've been inseparable ever since. Oh, oh! And he told me in the coat check line. His opening line was, "I just saw the most wonderful Italian movie tonight, and it made me cry." Oh God, he had me on the hook. It was a one night stand, and neither of us ever left it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, that is so cute. So, so cute. All right. Many years later, you buy a Frank Lloyd house home. Yeah. How did that come about? Oh, uh, the most roundabout way possible. We were looking for a small cabin within a two hour drive of Chicago. Um, we ended up finding this delightful little um two-room cabin in Spring Green, Wisconsin, which is where Taliesin is. Um, and like so over the moon about this cabin and being, you know, in Spring Green and like in the shadow of Frank Lloyd Wright. Uh, well, it turns out the cabin had a homemade septic system that um, during the inspection, they said, we're actually surprised we didn't fall into the holding tank and basically into a pile of human waste. Um, so we were like, mm, okay, yeah, we're done here. Bye-bye. We are not buying this house. Um, unbeknownst to me, while we were looking at that house, this mister had been looking at this house. Yeah, I was playing around on the side. <laughs> and mm -hmm. I found this house, which didn't meet any of our criteria. It, yeah, it met the opposite of our criteria. It's five hours from Chicago. It's a big house. It's um, over a hundred years old um, and it's in a small town. None of those things are what we wanted. We wanted rural, we wanted tiny, we wanted modern, um, but- We wanted some place we could go out and be naked in the woods. Yeah. And yeah, well, I guess we could do that here, but we would shock the locals. <laughs> so- I think, we've got some, I think we've got some pictures of the house. So um, you bought the house. So I would take a look at I finally told Michael, let's just go out and see the house, get it out of your system. It was an awful drive out. We hit this like awful blinding rain and had to pull over like twice. And yet within five minutes of walking in the door, I said, we have to buy this house. Um, so we did, and that was eight years ago. And we've been 
um, slowly rehabbing. Um, we started on the first floor and so we've completed all the first floor projects. This is a photo of the house in its very 1980s interior. And this Makeover. is the house today um, with the much more Rydian, um lines and furnishings and um, yeah. yeah, were you were you aware or a fan of Wright before you bought the house, or was it just? Well, I mean, living in Chicago as as we also do and have for several decades, you you can't help but bump into Wright's architecture and and legacy. So it wasn't that we were avid fans, but we were certainly appreciative of it um, of his of his work. Um, you know, the fact that we could take on the stewardship of a house with its history and its pedigree um, was was really fun, um, a, a fun idea for us. Um, and and I mean, we love the house. We fell in love with the house. How would you describe um, Wright's work if you said, oh, Wright does this, Wright looks like this? Well, in this era, um, it's the prairie style. So it's very boxy, clean lines. Um, you can see the banding around the outside of the house, the corner windows. Um, yeah, the, the windows really, everything expresses rights. He, he had a philosophy called organic architecture, which was about bringing the outdoors in. So in every room you're in in this house, you're in relationship with what's happening outside, the nature that's happening outside with the windows, which are just absolutely stunning. We have art class windows. Um, there, are, There's wood everywhere and just beautiful wood lines everywhere that draw the eye where he wants you um, to go. I mean, you're constantly feeling manipulated. It's as though the house is alive in some ways <laughs> and, and always somehow moving you where it wants you to be and go um, or your eyes. What, what, prompted, what prompted you to write the book? Well, you know, we've always been house romantics. Any apartment that we've ever lived in, we've always sat around maybe drinking a little bit um, and say, gosh, I really wish we could see like who lived here. You know, what happened here throughout the years? And when we bought this house, because it's in a small town in Iowa, we were able to connect with every single person or if they were dead and their relatives who have lived in this house over the years. And so we were collecting their stories, also collecting the history of Frank Lloyd Wright's American system built homes um, because it was kind of um, a lost era of his work. And as we were collecting it and blogging about it, um, a, a book just felt natural. Oh, that's that sounds lovely. I, I can see a movie. I can see a a, a musical about uh, of that of the history of that house. That's uh, yes, with Harold Hill coming through. Uh, but like then, yes, not now. <laughs> not now. <laughs> you've you've got you've got. Um, some news tonight. So tell us uh, the next step about the house. We have some bittersweet news. Um, after almost nine years and hundreds of thousands of miles on our cars, odometers driving back and forth from Iowa to Chicago, we've made the decision to sell the house um, and um, open us up to be able to travel to visit more famous American homes. And of course, our first stop is going to be Satan's Anus for lunch. Um, because, uh -huh. you, know, <laughs> because no. you can't pass that up. Um, 
<laughs> so yeah, we're hoping to expand the blog into more famous American homes. Um, part of what I did at Apartment Therapy was called house tours. And so I would go into homes and photograph them. And it was a part of that job that I really loved. And so we kind of want to return to that and be able to get out. And, you know, if anything, if we um, learned anything from the past two years of the pandemic is that um, we tend to choose to want to be home a lot. But now after that, yeah. if we get out and we, go enjoy yeah. life. Yes. Uh, well, you guys, I, I admire your relationship. I admire your drive and the way things have just happened for you. You know, that that, that is so cool to see. Thank oh, you so you. much. We'll, we'll have you back to talk about some of your other projects as well. But uh, good. Oh. Oh, okay. So how, how, how much are you selling the house for? <laughs> what, what's the selling price? Uh, it's listed for 140, which isn't uh, doesn't seem like a lot, especially when we're from Chicago. But mind you, this is a very small town in a very remote part of Iowa. So, um, but 140 that wouldn't buy a breath of air. Oh, Burlington, oh. New York, right? Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where's the closest uh, airport? So that would that would probably Madison. be Cedar Rapids, Iowa, or Madison, and, or Madison, Wisconsin, which are both two hours in different directions. Yeah. Okay, maybe one hundred and forty is a little overpriced. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. Great meeting you. Oh, and, uh, we'll yeah, talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. oh, fascinating meeting these people every week here on Amber Live. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Amber Live interviews. Remember to subscribe to us so you don't miss a single minute of the fun. And remember, it is your support that keeps us going. You can make a donation through this podcast by using our Venmo at RJD Pro or by visiting us at AmberLive.tv and clicking on the Support Amber Live button. Thank you.